Hi everyone and welcome to episode 205 of the Mike White's podcast. I'm Jack, as always, joined by KC. Hello. Uh, hopefully my awakeness level will increase as this goes on because I am very much a bit out of it. Um, it's been a bit of a weird one, like another bad result, everyone's down. Then even though it's not relevant to us at all, a very funny thing happens on the Sunday, cheers us all up a little bit. But like you do look at the season and think, to get out of this, we're going to need to give 110%. But what I meant by that was the players rather than the fans. See, uh, yeah, because season tickets have gone up by 10%, and we will deal with that in a sec. But we'll get the Chelsea game out of the way first. It's been long enough now that we've sort of all, I, I mean, no one was angry, were they really? I suppose, like, what we got beat 1 0. What did you think of the performance overall? Um, probably similar to Southampton in the sense of I thought, I thought we looked relatively solid. I know Chelsea probably had the better of it for the first 25 minutes, half hour, but um, I didn't, you know, I thought we looked a lot better than we have done. Still not conceding particularly big chances or certainly doing stupid things. But, like, Kepper never really had to do a whole lot. You know, for just... After after the amount of, after the glut of chances we had against Fulham, it was kind of back to the Southampton where it was a bit more. The chances we did have were sort of there's one or two good chances and then a lot of half chances. Yeah, the when I was actually watching the game, I was sort of quite okay with it because I was thinking, well, you know, look at this squad that Chelsea have got. It's a really good side, and we're in the game. And we were in it, like after not for half an hour. You right, like for half an hour. I mean, what Felix at the bar, Melier made that really good save one on one from Haberts, and Ben Chilwell missed a really big chance as well. So there could have been two, two or three in the look early on. But once that half hour went by, we got into the game, and you thought, oh, there's something in this for us. But other than Melier's header in stoppage time, did we have a chance? Ugh. Like there's, there's not a lot to to take from it. Very, it's kind of similar to in terms of the outcome. It's, it's similar to the Spurs game in as much as going in, we should probably lose to teams like that because of the quality of players they have. But once you've watched that game, God, you'd love to have another crack at it because yeah, once that once that initial spell for them was over. They didn't look up to much. No, they did seem... Uh, part of it was that we got better, but they did seem to get poorer as the game went on. I can see... They didn't they, they didn't look to have any confidence or anything, did they, with the way they were playing, especially given the talent on display. The... One thing that did, obviously, annoy me was the, the goal itself. If Felix rattles that one in in the first half, I'm not really worrying about it. But the the goal, just simple corner in for Farner heads it in, is not challenged particularly well. And they had that exact chance in the exact same way in the first half. And, you know, we've said before, Leeds don't learn lessons. No. 
Um, it was a very soft goal to give away. Like Chelsea were overall definitely the, the you know, balance of play. Chelsea definitely deserved to win the game. But it, it really did feel like a missed opportunity. And I do wonder, just when we were looking at the game, like, I know Rutter was not having a good game, but taking him off and bringing on Nonto, you know, Mateo Joseph for Aronson, Sam Greenwood for Jack Harrison, those aren't exactly subs that are really going to change anything. And I know we've got a load of players missing, especially in forward areas. But I just thought, I thought we could have gone for it a little bit more with the subs. Yeah, I mean, I've doing once once Bamford's out, and you know you've only got sort of one first team striker. Even if he's not having a good day, you kind of think at that point, well, we kind of need to leave him on just like on the off chance that yeah. something falls his way because at the moment you don't really have a lot of faith in. Any, well, in anyone, to be fair, to to put the ball up. Apart from Junior Furpo, obviously. But Well, yeah, best left-back in the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when you've when you've gone through the cut, and look, you can't, I can't be critical of, of Javi Garcia just yet for, for any of this. It's, if... if Am I tired, it, or did you just do it again? Sorry, I did it again. Sorry, Javi <laughs> Garcia. It just, it just happens, doesn't it? It's just there. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know, already with with three games in now, and there's you kind of look at the substitutions a little bit and think that the quite interesting choices at times is is substitutions, um, and you know we we've gone from conceding numerous big chances in games to kind of shutting that down. And I know Chelsea had chances in this game, but. That that team and that starting lineup probably should against seventeenth, eighteenth in the league, but um, yeah, you just you just kind of think at that point, just leave your striker on, put not get non talk with, with him and have a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, as, as much as I'm all for the, the the problem is when you when you want to talk about player pathways and stuff like that is is that relegation battles aren't designed for it. You know, I'm, no. I'm, glad, I'm glad Mateo Joseph is somewhere near the first team, but do I want to be relying on him and Sonny Perkins to get late goals in games? Not really. I'm, you know, obviously very thankful that Sonny Perkins did in that um, in that Cardiff game, but you, you weren't there thinking, oh, it's all right, Sonny Perkins will save us. Yeah, I suppose the counter-argument to my thing of 1-0 down, have a go, is there are, like, Five really shit teams at the minute. Um, and and my God, we're one of them. And we are very much one of them, but it might be that it comes down to goal difference. So that yeah. is the counter-argument of not having a goal. You know, we stick non to up with, with Rutte. You take off McKenney, you know, and maybe play Aronson deeper and just, like, really go attacking with it. And if you end up getting beat 3-0, yeah, you know, it, it can be. I mean, I that's one of the things with it. I mean, there's been a little bit of debate about it on Twitter because we we do look a lot more solid. We just act, but we're not creating nearly as much. I would bet sort of the difference in XG is the same. It's just lower numbers both ways now, hmm. and then you, you just wonder which 
I suppose then it's just a style preference, isn't it? Which do you think has more chance of getting you enough points? Nicking a 1-0 where both teams have like less than one XG or nicking a 3-2 when both teams have one and a half, two? Yeah, I, I feel like I'm probably going to say this a lot till between now and the end of the season. But my God, I wish we hadn't sent Chokel Hart out on loan. Yeah. And, and, and it, that, that's the problem again with we're going to back Jesse and we're going to, you know, let him make his decisions. And then as soon as the transfer window closes, oh, we've made a mistake. And you're like, yeah. no, why? Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, look, I would love to say, like, they're devil's advocate. They thought, well, Rodrigo and Bamford and Rutter. And in principle, yeah, you're fine to loan out Joe Gallat then. I can understand them not seeing the Rodrigo one coming in the same way. But like Bamford, you've got to expect him to get injured at this point. Hopefully he's back this weekend. It sounds like he might be. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I must admit, when I'm watching the players out on loan and the one that's making me think, oh, I wish we had him back, is Yelder. <laughs> he's... Earning absolutely rave reviews. Set to, set to win a player of the year, I imagine it. At Rotherham. Yeah. And uh, uh, Drama's probably going to win it at Luton as well. Yeah. I, I, you know, like I said, I will say it over and over again with Gail Hart. I do think it, it's obviously the double-edged sword because we were bemoaning him not getting game time before he went out on loan that he absolutely needed. Hmm. And he still wouldn't be starting any of these games. But when you're there, when you're, and again, you've lost Bamford, there's no Rodrigo, and you, and you, the, your one first team striker is not having a particularly good game. I don't want to rely on Mateo Joseph. I like Mateo yeah. Joseph. But, um, but he's not there yet. No. And, and again, I don't like you say. I think he had the other, I think he had that other shot on target, didn't he? I think we did he, have another he had one. The, it was the, the toe poke pretty much straight at Kepper. Yeah. Uh, I'd forgotten about that one actually until just then. But yeah, we did have another but, one, didn't we? And that was it. Again, you know, we're talking about the you know, looking at the Chelsea team and stuff like that. Chelsea had 13 shots. We had eleven, and between the two teams there was five shots on target. Yeah, it wasn't much of a game. I mean, their, I would say their chances were much better ones than ours. Like hmm. they probably should. I don't know what the XG was. I didn't look, but I think they'll have won it fairly comfortably. Um, they had been playing a back four going into it, and instead they went to a back three, uh, which is more like what you'd expect from Potter, really, overall. And I did think that for half an hour, we didn't deal with it at all. Like they had a back, they had three against Rutter by himself, and yeah, he didn't have a great game. When he did get the ball, he gave it away way too much. But him on his own versus Fafana, Koulibaly, Badiashile, like he's not likely to get much out of that. And then Ruben Loftus-Cheek, playing right wing-back, stood on the touchline and Ben Chilwell stood on the other touchline. And God, the amount of space Ben Chilwell had for that first half. I mean, he had it all game, but the first half hour in particular, it was... I mean, I was terrified about it. For, I, I think I put on Twitter straight away, oh, God, I'm very scared of the amount of room Ben Chilwell's getting. And then he nearly scored. And should he, he could have had... If he'd have had one of his good days, he might have had two himself and set up two. 
Yeah, I, I, I feel like early on, I'd have been very tempted to kind of have a little shift around and maybe move Aronson as, in as a second striker and have uh, McKenney go go out right or something like that just to... Because I, I don't think McKenney would work as, as a second. I know he, he's, he's sort of working all right as this the, the eight and a half. But um, yeah, once you see they're playing with the back three and playing with a lot of width, you can you can give up that extra man in midfield that you can either yeah, push I... him on and um, and sort of fill that space, or um, I don't know what else you do really. Yeah, it would have been interesting to see because for me, with the players on the pitch, it's, it's quite. I suppose what you would have to do is tuck Ailing in. If you were going to go to a three yourself, tuck Ailing inside, and on that pitch, it'd be McKenney goes and plays right wing back. Which I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind saying that, to be honest. I think he's I certainly think he's got the legs for it. But Gets him away suppose, from the final third. I suppose then you, you're going 2v2 in midfield, and it's Adams and Allenson against Enzo Fernandez and Kovacic, and I can't see that 2v2 going well for us. So I, I I think that the talent differential they've probably done for us anyway. But we'll we'll see what happens. We you know we did stay in the game, and as much as we were second best, if Melier scores that header at the end, we're gushing about this performance because it just becomes a brilliant result. And oh, mm. we stayed in it and battled, and we nicked an equaliser. The home games are going to be massive going forward. Uh, and what if do, what you want to. You... I was going to say, what did you make to, to Nonto being on the bench for this one? Because that was probably the biggest decision. Um, I didn't expect it. Like, that that would definitely be a stretch. But I'm not shocked that he's dropped him at some point. He's, play, he's played a lot of football. And he's, and, been, and he's been heavily relied upon for a couple of months. Yeah, I don't think it's the worst thing. I don't think it was... The, I was going to say I don't think it was the difference, but he would have been playing instead of Jack Harrison, and Jack Harrison did have a shocker again. He needs, I'll be polite, a rest. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, again, very interesting listening to the Phil Hay show, and you, you kind of hear them discussing, you know, the, the fact that on deadline day he was there in Leicester, that the club you are playing for was, was fully willing to sell you. At least for a period of time, and there's there's no way that that can't affect you to some degree. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, is my I've just looked at the levels and the sound levels are looking funny. Is is it sounding all right to you? I I can hear you fine. All right, cool. I'll leave it then because yeah, the sound levels look a bit weird. Um. Yeah, I think that it was a a bit of a disappointment, but. Somehow we're still not in the bottom three. Yes, thank you, uh, thank you, Forrest, for for not dropping your fairly good home record on Sunday. Yeah, for, yeah, Forrest two Everton two was a good result, and of course Arsenal coming back to win it in the ninety seventh minute. Yeah, good lads, Arsenal, well done. Yeah, Ben White, ben White. A... good time to get your first goal. <laughs> yeah, a, a fair um, play to him because you know he, he waited that long to. Score for us, and it was an absolute screamer. Uh, waited a fair, you know, a fair while for his Arsenal goal and a big equaliser. Yeah. Well, the uh, we're struggling for goals, and we've got some players missing. And based on the under twenty ones, it might have to be Sonny Perkins that gets thrown in. 
the 1-3-0 against Derby on Monday. Uh, Sam Greenwood, Joe Snowden, Sonny Perkins with the goals, and Sonny Perkins set up the two he didn't score. I say set up, like, the assist for Joe Snowden isn't really an assist. He smacks it in from distance. It's not a... But it was a good, it was a good one to set up Greenwood. Um, Archer Gray played 45 minutes. He played the whole second half, which will help. Um, obviously, it is dreaming to think, oh, that's going to be the thing that solves his problems. But it is nice to see him back. Uh, and I suppose probably the main thing based on, well, I mean, Joe Donahue has, is, I think that his opinions are pretty good. It tends to be about right when he's talking about a game. And he was very effusive in his praise for Darko Jabie's full 90 minutes. He did say, you know, caveat, Derby's under-21s are shit. But that's the best midfield performance I've seen all season in the league shirt. Apparently it was all over the place. And you do wonder given some of the games we are and give, and the way that we're struggling to progress the ball through and he doesn't seem to fancy Mark Locker you do wonder if JB oh, might oh, end up getting a run at what point do we go Adams, JB, Gray that's what you're telling me no I was just thinking JB and Gray <laughs> <laughs> let's fuck them all up <laughs> play the kids uh, no it, it, I still I don't see JB getting a lot of game time still, I, to, to be honest with you. Um, I, th- I think I think we're probably going to be fairly set on this midfield three of um, McKenney, Adams, and... Usually Allison. Another, depending <laughs> on the system. Mm. Another that isn't Mark Rocker. Um, but... We need someone who can pass the ball forward, like yeah. you know, um, just a, just a nice seven yard straight line pass, twenty yards out. Yeah, I'll tell you what we do. It's not just for central midfield for that at the minute. They, that was one of the things in the last few games. Some of the passing has been really poor, even in like the Fulham game where we played quite well. God, there's been some stinking passing. Yeah, um, but the twenty ones winning three 0 uh, they're three points clear at the top of Premier League 2. And I believe with the fixtures left, we don't play anyone who's good. No, so right. we'll still find it. We still might find a way. Uh, I believe that uh, I'm not sure if it's the next game. I think we're at home to uh, Sunderland on like the su- yeah, Sunday the 19th, which is at Ellen Road. Uh, and he's free for season ticket holders and stuff. I'm unfortunately working, but. Should be decent, and we play again on Monday away at West Brom. So there's a decent chance of them getting back into the top division. Uh, but will Leeds stay in the top division? And if they do, it'll How? cost you ten percent. It'll it'll <laughs> cost you ten percent more to go watch them next season. Yeah, um, good, good to know you're paying more and more each each year to see a relegation battle. Yeah, well, what would that put us on? Eight win, eight home wins in two years, and in that time, the tickets will have gone up twenty one percent. Yeah. As much as, like, I think it, I mean, it's never nice when they go up. I'm not at all surprised by it. Like, you've got 20,000 on a waiting list. Business wise, why wouldn't you put the tickets up by 10%? Yeah. It's, it's I think you kind of got to dis- disassociate your, your personal feelings towards it and just think of it as a purely business 
motivated decision. Um, yeah, we've got loads of people who are willing to pay money. And, you know, we, we are clearly still at a point where we are reliant on a, that season ticket income to some extent. Um, you know, I think unfortunately when you get to the, you know, the the top six, when you look at your man, you know, Man City, Arsenal, Fulham, you look, you know, they're not reliant on that sort of thing. Um, Fulham's ticket prices are amazing. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, man. But yeah, it's. I'm sure as well. If you, if you ask the question, the, the justification will be well, it was you know it was also frozen for a few years. Forever. Well. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is frustrating, but I I I understand why they've done it. Yeah, I mean they were frozen for ages though because Ken Bates had us paying like what the sixth most expensive season to get in the country when we were fifteenth in the championship. Yeah, so they had to have them frozen for quite a long time. Could have been worse. We could have been Spurs. No, I mean... They had, like, the second most expensive. And what were they getting? Nafal. (laughs) The Audi Cup. Yeah, you really wish that it was about more than money and you could just say, no, this is we think this is a fair price for season tickets, so we're going to keep them. But that's just not the world. Uh, I mean, you know, as much as I am complaining about it, I renewed... Straight away, like it, it's not, and you, did, you didn't want to make them sweat on it. No, I did it straight. Well, no, I actually didn't want to make. I just wanted to make sure that I knew where I was money wise. Is the real reason? Uh, it's, but it's, the... one of, it's one of those things where it's very interesting, and I know there's obviously kind of renewed talks around Ellen Road redevelopment and and kind of that. Uh, that's the know. thing that that's the thing that needs to happen. It's going to be a bit shit until that happens. But unfortunately, we've kind of also put ourselves in a position where that's sort of it's Schrodinger's two tiered West Stand at the moment. It's <laughs> while we're as shit as we are, it both exists and doesn't exist because you know I know we have this this massive waiting list, but if we do drop out of the Premier League, it'd be interesting to see what effect that has. The you know, the you know, the next season if we don't go up, or three seasons after that, and then how much of that falls away, or how sustained this is, um, you know, it, it's very easy to put your name down on a on a list for twenty quid a twenty quid a year, which I still think is ridiculous. But yeah, um, pay, paying to be on, paid to be on a waiting list, yeah, I think it's naughty. You shouldn't have to. Yeah, but. <laughs> Um, you know, again, there's, there's there's people who will do it, and you know the the hope is realistically uh, you want as many of those people in your stadium as possible because they're you know as best I can tell there are twenty thousand extra people who are willing to to wave their checkbook and go how much you know how much do you want? Yeah, uh, and that's why. Even if we go down, I don't expect. I mean, it should be said: if we go down, you get the ten percent back. It'll be in a club voucher thing or something. So you know, you'll get to you'll get to go watch us get knocked out early in the Carabao Cup next season for free. Um, but the uh, 
the um so getting distracted by a cat there. Uh I think that the uptake, even if we go obviously the renewal deadlines like early April, so we'll know before then. But I reckon it'll be like it was last time. It'll be like 97, 98% renewal mm. rate. Because I I, the one thing with this massive waiting list is, even if you do get up, you know what? I am going to give it up. You know that you might never get it back. Yeah, that that's it. Like it, You almost sort of hold on to it as, it's almost a commodity at this yeah. point. Well, I've I've said to you before because I happened to buy these tickets at the right time. It was the summer Bielsa came in for these ones in particular. I did have one before that, but in the cop instead of where I've got them now. Because they, I come, I came in at the right time and they were a really good deal. I'm never giving these up. If it came to the situation where I have these two season tickets, and nobody else can go except me i'm still probably going to be renewing them both because I mean, it, it's just yeah, you... it's just worth my time because between mates and family someone will want to go every week and yeah and, and, yeah. and if worse comes to us the, the, there is the fan exchange now as well yeah. like you do have these options which you know football has has sort of moved itself into all oh, you know the early 20th century yeah <laughs> um so you know that it is it is great, and I know there'll always be people moan when we don't entirely sell out during League Cup games and stuff like that. Now, as it goes this season we, and last season, we've done really well for cup attendances. Yeah, you know when we played um, the Crew last year, it was packed. Yeah, and you know that certainly wasn't the case in you know. Six six years before that. No, well, I don't know if you uh, listened to it, but the Square Ball just released another one of their guide to us, and it was uh, John Carver at Leeds, and they get on about the attendances of his games, and it's like was a it, league was it, get. Was it the Barnet game in like the League Cup and stuff like yeah. that? And... Well, that that was the game where Blackwell got sacked, didn't he? I think we won. Oh God, yeah. Him. But the because uh, we were at that game, that's why I remember. I believe Ian Moore scored for us. Um, Sorry, Ian Thomas Moore. I don't want to... I think we might have played against Trezor Candle. Yeah. But, um, no, what I was going to say is I think that in there there was a league game with, like, 16,500. Which, it, it feels like a different club, doesn't it, that? Uh, it just... I mean, that was, it was an awful start to that season as well, but... Yeah. Um, I'm just having a, a look. He got sacked... He got sacked after Coventry. Yeah, we beat we beat Birmingham at home in his first game 3-2, and it, there was 18,000 there. Yeah, and I think uh, it got it lower was, for a couple of them. It was the, I think it's either his last game or Dennis Wise's first game. We lose 2-1 to Leicester, 16,500. Yeah, that's... I mean, you know, the, the only thing about that, was you could always get a ticket, but God, it felt like the club was completely on its ass. I never want us to be back there again. This may be annoying, but it's a lot better. It's quite funny actually looking at this, and and I, I know, kind of, if you read especially a lot of the history, is that Leeds United support is quite fickle throughout yeah, history. Uh, in terms of the numbers, you can't argue that. Like you know, we're, we're talking. I didn't realise how much until that uh, hundred years of Leeds United book. Yeah, 
you know, we're, we're talking there about, you know, 16 and a half to 18 and a half thousand. And that's kind of a, a number we sort of fluctuate around and sometimes goes up sometimes. Uh, so, you, you know, you get games around the 20,000 mark and stuff like that. Then we play QPR at home and there is 29 and a half thousand. And yeah. then maybe, maybe they have re- one of them ticket deals on for that one, maybe. The rest of the season is is kind of apart from when we beat Preston at home, which was back to eighteen thousand. Like we played Plymouth at home and had thirty thousand, Luton at home twenty seven thousand, and then last home game of the season, the the draw with uh, with Ipswich that sort of confirmed as going down was thirty one thousand. Yeah, and, and I don't know, and I don't know if it's just because it's kind of the the well, inverse the of a. The Ipswich one is the, we need the fans, we're going to get relegated. But it's almost like, you know, like gaining popularity when you in the run into the playoffs or promotion or stuff like that. But it's like, I kind of have to be there to see us get relegated. Yeah, they, they need me, so I'm going. Yeah, that's what, I've always said it's very weird. Like, my brother does never gave a shit about football his whole life. And it was in League One where he started to actually care about Leeds yeah. and actually kind of got into supporting us a bit. It was a bit weird. Um, but hopefully we don't end up back down there. But if we do, at least the first season, we'll still have big crowds. We'll see what happens if we don't come straight back up. But a big game, again, they're all big games now. Saturday, 3 o'clock, Brighton. In the I... words of Bender, bending Rodriguez, well, we're bound. <laughs> I'll be honest, mate. You know when you started that sentence, in the words of Bender? I thought that you were going to make a like some horrific joke out of nowhere, <laughs> but no, it's a future analyst. Fight my daffodil. <laughs> um, I oh, think yeah, that this, I want to make clear that I think this is completely fair, but it's a sad state of affairs when Brighton are odds on to win at Ellen Road. Yeah, I think the bookies have got that one right. Oh, yeah, I think it's completely reasonable, but it's a sad state of affairs when that's the truth. Um, I make no bones about it. When, when like, I'm, say, able to watch a game while I'm working on a Saturday, Leeds aren't playing Saturday 3 o'clock, and there's five, six games on. If Brighton are one of them, that tends to be the match I watch. I think Brighton are really good to watch. They've got a load of very likeable, very good players. They pass the ball well, everything. I just think that they are probably the most interesting team in the Premier League. They're probably the best run. Um, and we really need them to have an off day, because I think if they're on it, I don't see us getting near them if they're on it. No, I've just made the mistake of looking at uh, looking at their stats from the weekend. And I know West Ham seem to have just collapsed in the second yeah, half. Yeah, but, but they were awful in that second half. By by all accounts, like it was a public apology from the players level performance. But I'm just I'm just looking <laughs> like it was 90% pass accuracy, 20 shots, nine on target for Brighton. Um but they were just they were just clinical. Which yeah. is which has been one of the sort of bigger problems for them over the last few few years. And that is still a bit, to be fair. I mean, I know that they were in that game, but they're still not clinical. I, I don't know, man. Danny Welbeck. He's uh... a... Yeah. Screw, uh, screw Danny Welbeck. That uh, young Irish lad, Evan Ferguson, that's come through. 
Yeah, he looks quite good. And he looks really good. Um, I don't know. Like, he isn't going to be fully consistent yet, but he's only 18. He's big, he's fairly quick, athletic, holds the ball up well and seems to finish well. Um, well he's only I, 18, I'm but scared um, they have been playing. They have gone back to a. They've switched to a fall at the back for the last few games in the same way Chelsea did. But I think that Zerbi will watch how that opening half hour went, and I think he might go to the back three again and stick. I mean, it depends how aggressive he wants to be. I suppose, like, if he plays a back three of like Veltman, Webster, and Dunk, maybe play Estupanan left back and just play Sully March as right wing back, who's basically playing as a winger. Or we can play March further forward and play Lamptey. Yeah. Uh, um, Caicedo will be main man in midfield. They've usually played Gross alongside him. But you could go Caicedo and McAllister if you wanted to play more attacking options. And McAllister probably can get away with playing from deeper against us. Yeah. You know you know how you always want to have a, a really well-run club that... that that you know if it sells one of its best players isn't really going to be greatly affected by it because they've already got a good, you know, they've got good other players in there that can just step straight in. Yeah. Yeah, when they sold Leandro Trossard. Yeah. Who, who is a very good player. It's just, it, it's like, who's next? Yeah. I mean, Trossard, obviously Trossard had played a lot of roles. He played as a wingback. He played as a striker. He played as the 10, but you'd probably say like his main position for him overall over the years was left wing. Kyle Rumatoma's probably been their best player this season. Yeah. And he the thought of him it's not this isn't even really a knock on our right on the players we've had it right back, although they're not in any way perfect. Kyle Rumatoma running at anyone scares me. And he's just they they always seem to be in the right positions. So, you can tell that they have had uh, they, they were a really well coached team, and then Deserby took them over, and he's a really good coach as well. They just they don't seem to do stupid things. Other than once every so often, they'll pass it around at the back a bit too much and screw it up. Mm. And they have got even more aggressive at that now. Um, because they have dropped Robert Sanchez for Jason Steele because uh, Deserby thinks that Steele's better with his feet. Um, and I still keep nearly calling him Luke Steele every time I think about him, <laughs> <laughs> who must be about 40 now. That's probably retired. You'd, you'd hope. Anyway. Um, he is joint manager of Peterborough Sports, and he is 38. Uh, on a similar note, I'll just uh, say that Danny Dicchio is coaching with Sacramento Republic. Nice. Just <laughs> updates, no one needed. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's a squad full of really good players. Obviously, Caicedo in midfield, he has now signed his new contract, which doesn't mean he's staying. It just means that if someone's buying him, they're paying 90 odd million. Um, Look really Pascal, good, Pascal Gross can play literally everywhere. And he seems to do really well in all of them and has played well against us pretty much every time he's faced us. Um, Purvis Estupinian is the left back we probably should have bought. 
when we had Bielsa, he he, he would he that would have worked. As although he isn't starting every week now, like he was at the start of the season. Every time I watch Danny Welbeck, I'm shocked by how good he still is. Dunk, Webster, Veltman as a back three, all with Veltman at right back is really good. Levi Colwell that they've got on loan, he's on loan from Chelsea, isn't he? He's meant to be brilliant and ain't even playing much. That's gonna say they've got um, Billy Gilmore in the squad, but you you wouldn't really know. No, he is there. He is there, but he isn't playing. I mean, even that Jean Paul Van Heck, that Jan Paul Van Heck, uh, the young centre back, who's do- he's meant to be good as well. Um, and then they've started giving some game time to Jeremy Samiento, who looks really talented. He played for Ecuador in the World Cup. Uh, they paid a bit of money for that Julio and Ciso, the other young forward. He, he came on and smashed the bar. It was like his first touch from forty odd yards out. And they've signed Facundo Buonanotte, who I don't know anything about except he's young and Argentinian. And Brighton bought him, so he's probably really good. <laughs> like, Thoroughly scouted. Like, I mean, I just, I just think that they're really well coached and a really good side, and they're pretty likable. Uh, I don't really have a bad to say about Brighton. I just, I'm just hoping we play well and they don't, because for all all the praise I'm giving them, they're not so amazing that we can't win this game. This is one of our more winnable games between now and the end of the season. It's in the top half of winnable games. Yeah, like as much as I think we're going to lose this, we can't afford to lose this. We will find a way. <laughs> uh, are you are you a bit more confident than me? No. So I <laughs> and I'm the confident one. Yeah, I was really hoping that you were anyway, gonna, but... I was really hoping you were going to tell me that I am really overly egging Brighton's squad here. Like, I, I mean, look, you look through that list of players, and you, and there's no one you go like he's a superstar. But they're all just so good at their role. And yeah. Well, the, what's the the closest they've got is probably McAllister, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, World Cup winner. He's really, yeah, he's really good. <laughs> Keep getting Brighton up a World Cup winner. Yeah. What what a world we live in. Yeah, and he's not like the third choice goalkeeper or something. Played yeah. in mid in midfield for him right <laughs> Uh, but. Nah, I, I, I honestly uh, can't see us doing too well in this. But don't worry, we, you know we've we've got some competitive fixtures coming up afterwards. We've got Arsenal in a in a couple of weeks, so that'll be yeah, fine. Well, what have we got? Well, we've got Wolves away next Saturday at three, haven't we? Yeah, and then that's, it's the international break. That's which, enormous. Which, the, the one good thing is it. I would hope that we can do something with that international break. You know, and as much as we really wanted Jesse to do something with the World Cup break. Yeah. Well, no, I'll be honest, I kind of more wanted the board to do something in that break. Yeah, but if if, if he'd have had that time and done something with that team and and got them playing a bit, you'd go, (laughs) all right, fine. Yeah. (laughs) And and I really hope Gracia can, can do something with them in that time and just, you know, work actually get an extended run with them where they don't have a game for two weeks and just set them into his style a little bit more. But um 
I'm I'm very scared of their right hand side against our left. Whether it's the back, whether it's doing it with a back three, you know, like wing back pushing right on, whether that's March or someone else, and then March ahead of them, or just in, if I play four two three one and go Veltman and March, Veltman and March versus probably Nonto and Furpal. Sully March should not be a player I'm scared of. But every game I watch him, he plays really well. Um. So yeah, I just don't know really what to think and how we're gonna get some. I think the only way we're gonna get some out of this game doing is the same way. <laughs> Literally doing a podcast. Hi, Hi Sheila, how are you doing? Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, not that, not me. As um, uh, KC, you're unmuted. By the way, I know. <laughs> I'm stunned. <laughs> stunned is what's happened there. Stunned into the opposite of silence. Yeah. Um, do you like? Do you think the only way we get a result out of this is a bit like the last couple of draws we've had against them, the nil-nil, and the one-one where Strout scored in the last minute, where we sort of have to shit out it a bit. Yeah. I, I mean, again, like I've got, I've got enough confidence in our defense to to do that because again. I don't think you're playing against such high quality players that I think they'll tear us apart. Mm. I think if you manage the game well enough, I, you know, I back us to to not give up too many big chances. But these these last couple of league games, you just you just wonder where we're going to get chances from. Yeah, because because they are a very well organised defence and. At the moment, the you know between his, his sub appearance and the Fulham game, it still isn't quite enough for me to be thinking. Yeah, if we go into that game with with Ruter up front on his own, he'll you know he'll cause some problems. But you know we're not there yet. Yeah, there was talk about Bamford and Rodrigo being potentially closer to fitness, but even if they were to make this game, you can't see even being fit enough to start. Really. So I think it will be Ruter. Um, I think I would probably Nonto for Harrison and Rocker for Aronson and let McKenny play that sort of eight as the most advanced of the three midfielders. Um, and then depending on how Brighton set up, you can move things around a little bit. Like if, for instance, they go to a back three, in that situation, you can put McKenny on the right and Somerville over to the left, which isn't ideal. But then you can put Nonto up with Ruta. If they play a three, you go two against them. Yeah. Maybe you'll be able to press it a bit more. If they play with a four, their midfield three is going to be very good. So you can drop McKenny in and have a midfield three to go against them. Yeah. Um, I d- yeah. I, th- I think certainly while. Certainly, if there's no Bamford, I, I think you need someone playing higher up, closer to Ruter. And mm. I, I think for me, realistically, it probably has to be Aronson. Just, just in terms of the pressing, more than anything else, like I, um, you know, as much as I, I, I will say, I'm not sure we'll press him at all at the back. 
Because I think that if we do, they'll just pass it round us. I don't, I don't even mean inst- instantly, but I, I think you need yeah. someone who's going to do. You know, I think you need two players who can do it effectively from a central area. Yeah. Um, so even if it's a case of sort of retreating to you know towards the halfway line, you know, going for that mid block. Mm. Um, defensively, Nonto's Nonto can be. A, a bit lazy. The effort's uh, there, but he switches off, doesn't he? Yeah. There's been a number of times where you see his man set off running and he just looks behind him. Oh, he's seven yards back. Oh, he's, well, he's gone. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it probably needs, a, a, you know, a bit more defensive discipline in there. Um, and I think Aaron, Aronson is the best option of those. Un- unless, unless, if you you know going for that mid block, then you have faith in McKenny to do it and drop it a bit more. I don't yeah. know. I, I I don't think I don't think it's going to matter. Well, the I don't think it's going to matter brings us nicely to a prediction. Uh, <laughs> neither neither of us got us bets last week. I did get a couple of points because I had Chelsea winning. Um, I I I can't look at their team and be confident. I just can't. Uh, I've got 2-0 Brighton. Uh, I'm going to go 1-0 Brighton. Oh, God. Well, I, actually, I'm quite happy with that because we're idiots. And therefore, us both predicting a loss might be a really good thing. However, for my bet, I'm going to go mega out there and confident. Uh, with Somerville first goal leads 2-1. Uh, which which is a nice round hundred to one. Uh, let's have a look here. Uh, I, I'm going to be more pessimistic, and I'm pretty sure I went for the same bet before uh, for the Chelsea game. Well, different player, obviously, but uh, Evan Ferguson to score before 1959. Evan Ferguson. First 20 minutes. What price yeah, is it? 10 to 1. Um, I think that there, there is a very decent chance of you not losing on that because I think there's a, as much as he's been good, he doesn't start every game. You might end up just with a void there. Yeah. <laughs> Which will mean you, make you probably the winner of that week by default. <laughs> and as we know, those are the two best words in the English language. Default. Default. Um... Yeah, I would. We just mentioned that next weekend is Wolves away, both Saturday three o'clock. How many points do you think we need from these two? We need to beat one of them. Yeah. You, you absolutely have to. Um, you know, I know there's, there's six points between bottom and twelfth, but there is also. One point between us and bottom. That's the, that is the daft thing with this league. If we did just, I don't think this is going to happen. But if we did just win those two games, it's just, totally different. It's a different season all of a sudden. You just you've you're just putting bodies in between you at least, and yeah. um, you know, it's like I said before, we we we've got to beat. You've got to at least beat the teams around you. Um, 
and I really, it's why I really wish the Wolves game was was at home because I think away they probably are a beatable team. At home they're looking a bit better, and, and uh, Lapetegui's been doing quite a good job there. Before, well, I'll say that just before we end up going to a full blown preview of a game that's two weeks from now. But yeah, but I mean, as and the thing is that we need to start picking up the points soon because, as you've mentioned before. Three of us last four, Man City away, Newcastle at home, Spurs at home. Like, we're going to go into a hard one of fixtures at the end. If we're going to be out of this, we need to be out of it with time to spare. Yeah. I mean, if if you win these next two games, you, you give yourself a bit of breathing room then and, and at least then you can go and lose to Arsenal because they're yeah. really good. And going into an international break on a high like that, could be huge but I don't think that's going to happen <laughs> uh, I I think we have to get a minimum of three points from these two games but I'm looking at it and I think we. I, I, my thought was I think we're going to get one because I think we'll get beat by Brighton because they're just better than us and I think us and Wolves are a similar level I think both teams will be a bit negative about it because they won't want to lose and I think it'll end up a draw but God, I want to be wrong. I really want us to. If we could pick up, if we picked up four, that'd be. Well, I suppose it's a, another one of them where it's the weird way around. If you beat Brighton and then look, and then you draw with Wolves, you're looking yeah. at it as a missed opportunity. Yeah, no, that's it's... like you say. The league table's just a, a weird thing at this point. Um, you know, winning were potentially fifteenth and. You, you put a couple of teams in between you and then all of a sudden we're chasing Brighton for Europe. And <laughs> I'll tell you what, that won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> because I just want to say, you know for how negative we are and everything and how yeah. I'm, I've said for, I've had us 18 for quite a while at this point. We are still, with the bookies, we are fifth favourites to go down. I mean, I'm looking at the teams, and this will be the kiss of death that gets replayed by you when we've gone down. But like, I look at Bournemouth, and I just think it's it's not a great team. Southampton, they've got a couple of wins, but again, the prone to just being torn apart and having a dreadful performance. Everton, I think, I just don't know where the goals are going to come from. Yeah, um, Calvert-Lewin is apparently back in training, but probably not fit for this weekend. Because I think that's what their season might come down to. If they can get him fit and he's fit for the rest of the season, they'll probably stay up. Hmm. In oh, the same it. way that if we, if we could get a properly fit Patrick Bamford for half a season... If we got him and think... Rodrigo fully yeah. fit up front, I think we're fine. But Yeah. But it's a big if. Um, but yeah, that will do us for episode 205 of Mike White's podcast. I really hope that we're wrong about the upcoming weekend, but but we'll see. If if they start battering us, just try and enjoy that Brighton are good. It's not going to be easy to do so. It's not like when you play Man City and you just go, ah, well, these are really good. Because it's Brighton. Yeah. And Brighton aren't supposed to be this good. It's it's not part of the natural order and you don't screw with the natural order. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think that'll do us. So I've been Jack. See ya. I'll be Casey. Have a good one. In a